0: What's good? It's your boy Daylight. You're now tuned in with RealFansRealTalk.com. Bye, y'all. Uh
1: huh. This is Real Fans Real, Bye, the hey, uh-huh. real, fans, yeah. real talk, talk. Real Fans Real Talk. We as real as you thought. Real Fans.
0: This is the pregame show. We're leading you right up to kickoff at one o'clock. We got a lot of sports to get into, man. We got NFL. We got some NBA. We got a little bit of boxing. And then we two games into the World Series, so of course we got to talk about that, man. But first things first, let me introduce my brother and co-host, Trip Young. Trip, how are you doing today, bro? What's going on, man?
1: It feels good to be back live. We've been rocking and rolling lately, man. They they loving us out there too.
0: Oh, the streets the streets got a lot of love for us, man. You know, and and we back into the swing of things because now we're giving the people the live. It's more interactive. We're able to answer questions right on the spot, which I love. And we got so much to get into again this is prime time sports fan season right now nfl nba world series we're getting fights at the same time so it's a beautiful time of year and of course it's halloween man so so happy halloween to all the kids out there that's watching as well
1: yes sir happy halloween to all you know the grown-ups that went outside and got you know these little sexy costumes <laughs> out there ripping and running in, in these streets uh you know i, I like halloween sometimes man You know, i'll be, yeah. be having fun <laughs> sometimes
0: you gotta have fun with it. You know that. You gotta have fun with it. But it is definitely a great time of year, man. Uh we got a lot to get into. Um where do you want to start today, Trip? Like I said, we're going for about an hour and a half, right up into kickoff. So it's definitely a lot that we could talk about today. What you want to start off with today?
1: Facts. Let's you know what? Let's 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 jump right into it. Um the you know, arguably the best team in football right now, definitely the number one team in the NFC, um has gotten a hell of a lot better on the defensive side of the football. And they were already pretty damn good (laughs) playing defense this season anyway. But uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, which I'm a little bit upset about, they were able to bring over uh, Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears, big-time defensive player. And I think this edition is going to be like the way we talk about the Rams edition of Von Miller last season. I think that's what this acquisition does for the Eagles.
0: Yeah, I, I love this move for the Eagles. We talked about it a little bit on Friday Night Live series. Um, just more depth now along that defensive line. Um, you know about Jordan Davis. You know about Fletcher Cox. Now you add Robert Quinn to that mix. Another guy who can get to the quarterback. 18 and a half sacks last year. Uh I think this is an outstanding move for them. We talked about everything the 49ers did. We talked about the Cowboys possibly being a, a sneaky contender in the NFC. This, to me, separates the Eagles a little bit because now they solidify the defense that was already pretty good.
1: Facts, facts. A- absolutely, bro. Um, I, you know, I think that this team, uh, you know, this this acquisition is going to make the Eagles very tough to beat. Like, this was, like, literally the first time when I'm like, all right, hold on. Philly's legit. Super Bowl contenders now. This was the first time yeah. I've said that this season just because, you know, I do, you know, understand that the Eagles have had somewhat of a lighter schedule uh, this season. Um, and, you know, the rest of the season, they, they have somewhat of a, of a light schedule. Um, but this acquisition here, man, this is going to make the Eagles tough to tough to beat. Um, you know, what Robert Quinn can do for, for them on the defensive end, you know, any team in the league would love to have uh, Robert Quinn playing defense for them So mm-hmm. You know what I mean like I'm just I'm I'm pissed off but you know You, you got a game recognized game and you got to Respect it
0: Yeah I mean of course as A divisional rival for you guys you don't Want to see him there um, And obviously we, we see the leadership that he Brings to the table because you see Roquan Smith Was crying uh, when the news yes. broke In Chicago that he was on his way out so But In terms of of what it does just for Philadelphia, I think it it does separate them from the rest of the division. I think they were already the best team in the division. Now you add that type of pass rusher. And if he has the impact, as you mentioned, of what uh, Von Miller did last year when he went to the Rams, then you're talking about a Super Bowl impact. You're talking about a guy who completely changes the defense and now turns you into an elite defense and a true Super Bowl contender, which is what the Eagles are trying to accomplish this year. Um, again, I, I love the move on so many so many levels because the Eagles have so many draft picks, so much uh, draft capital moving forward that th- this is what you're supposed to do. You can only play but so many of those rookies, right? Yeah. So you got to go get the vets that can give you an opportunity to win it all. For Robert Quinn, I think it's a great opportunity. I know the Bears didn't want to give up on him. They loved what he brought to that team on the field and off the field. But they also are not in a position to compete for a Super Bowl. You know they are just rebuilding things right now around Justin Fields, so kudos to them to get him over to a contender and giving them a chance to play for some this year.
1: Facts, facts. Uh, re- really, really quick. Shout out to uh, shout out to Ryan. I see you in the chats over there. We're talking Eagles right now. He said the Eagles need uh need need to get a running back. I mean Miles Sanders been playing pretty well for them, but I have been hearing some speculations that they may be looking to add some running back depth. Uh, maybe Kareem Hunt, who's been, you know, I guess made available now, or at least the Browns are willing to listen to offers for him because, you know, they weren't before. Um, we know Cam Akers is available uh, with the Rams. They haven't been playing him because they expect to uh, to, to eventually trade him. Um, there's a couple other running backs, but, um, I mean, damn, arrogant. After this acquisition, you had to add one of those guys, especially if you're going to get a Kareem Hunt. Oh, my goodness, that, that would be unfair at that point
0: well i and i'll take it a step further i i did see reports that they even spoke with the saints about alvin kamara and mm, they were yes. trying to gauge they were trying to gauge from the league if there was going to be any discipline coming down from that issue that kamara had in the all season uh as of yet kamara has not been suspended or anything and i think that's pretty much been the only holdup because the saints are willing to do it for one first rounder and the eagles have a bunch of first rounders um, not only this year but in the next coming year so they could do a first round of this year they could do a first round in the future whatever appeases the Saints but if they get Alvin Kamara to go with all the weapons they already have with Devontae Smith uh, with A.J. Brown with Quez Watkins obviously Jalen Hurts having a great year now you're, you're talking about a, a truly elite offensive and defensive team uh, the likes that we probably don't see in the league right now. Buffalo is one overall on both sides of the ball, but I don't even think Buffalo has that many weapons. So, th- you know, the Eagles will put themselves in a different category if you're able to get Alvin Kamara.
1: Yeah, that that's, that, that was the other thing, too. I, I have been uh, hearing that, that the Bills are trying to add some running back depth. Um, they already have probably the best defense in football. So, you know, the acquisition uh, you know, that the Eagles just made kind of just helps them get closer to that. But if you're talking about adding a, a top-level or at least upper you know upper echelon running back to that Bills offense, which is the only real spot on their offense where you can kind of be like, Yeah, they could step that up. Um, I think at this point Josh Allen might be their best <laughs> running back out there. Um, but, yeah, if the Eagles can add Kamara or Kareem Hunt, I, they're going to be a problem gonna be a problem that that kind of you know would definitely blow out the the McCaffrey signing uh in San Francisco that we spoke about last week so I guess they you know they, they they're going back and forth trying to see you know who can make the most pickups and, and and make that run to the Super Bowl man but I like it I'm hoping I'm hoping the uh the Giants can uh make make some moves at this point. Well, right
0: now right now it's an arms race. It's an arms race because you see teams trying to angle uh especially in the NFC because I do believe it's so wide open. I think in the AFC we know the pecking order. It's, it's Buffalo is Kansas City then there's everyone else. But in the NFC it's really wide open and it's really about the matchups. If if we're able to stack out our roster the right way, then we can win any matchup and that's what the Eagles are trying to do, that's what the 49ers are trying to do. Um but but to your point about Buffalo as well. Yeah, Buffalo definitely needs a running game. Uh, shout out to Ryan on that. They, you know, they gotta get that situation taken care of because I think it's a little too much wear and tear that they put on Josh Allen right now, especially with all the design quarterback runs and sweeps that they have him doing. They gotta get a little more balance because balance football is what wins in the playoffs. We've known it, we've seen it time and time again.
1: Exactly, I, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. I'm looking forward to seeing you know where these pieces fall because I'm, I'm I'm hearing uh, rumblings about Jerry Judy possibly being on the move. A lot of a lot of wide receivers out there. You know, a lot of teams that could use uh, use some of these wide receivers. We spoke last week about Odell uh, Beckham possibly um, coming back within like the next couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing what's what's going on with that. The Giants did make one move. Um, I'm not. I like the move, you know, for for moving forward, but it doesn't really necessarily help us. Now this season because you know we, we sent out Kadarius Tony uh, for a conditional third and a six round pick from the Kansas City Chiefs um, so moving forward I do like to get the draft capital Kadarius Tony I like him but he just can't seem to stay healthy who knows maybe he goes to Kansas City and he can stay healthy some that that happens with some guys they, they they'll be injury prone on one team get traded to another team and then all of a sudden now they they're healthy so who knows hopefully you know for him it, it works out. But I do like the Giants picking up more draft capital. That third round pick could be a pretty big uh, pick for us.
0: Yeah, I mean for the Giants, it makes sense. Uh, the Giants have exceeded <laughs> all expectations this year. Let's let's not forget. You know, for as as excited I know as you are, Trip, that they're six and one and they're in the position they're in. No one expected them to be at this point. Everyone thought this was still going to be a building process. I want to know personally what happened in that locker room because Kadarius Tony was only in his second year in the league. He was a first-round pick. You normally don't give those guys away for a third and a sixth. You normally try to wait it out. He's super talented. We've seen it. I know the injuries have been a part of it. Last year, he dealt with, dealt with COVID. He's had the hamstring issue this year. So there's some things going on there physically. But something got to be going on mentally for you to just cut ties with a guy that talented, especially since that locker room is thin at receiver. We talked about it, right? Uh, Shepard's gone for the year. Uh, Galladay has not performed well. Slayton has been up and down. Right. So you would think that they would have at least tried to give it a full year with Day Bowl and see if we could work it out and keep that that guy under, under contract and under wraps with them. Because, again, he's on his rookie deal and he's only in year two of that rookie deal Yeah, for Kansas City. I think this is a a, a truly uh, great pickup, you know, high, you know, high reward, low risk, mm-hmm. because if he pans out, he could fill the role that Tyreek Hill le- has left there. If he doesn't pan out, a third and six isn't going to really hurt Kansas City too much because that roster is already established. You know, those third round picks for them are filling filling the holes. Guys like Pacheco, guys like Skylar Moore. Those are the type of guys they're looking for in the third and fourth round anyway. So they're not hurting for the draft capital for the Giants. It's a good move long term. But short term, this could be big for the Chiefs, as you mentioned, if he can stay healthy.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We 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 are gonna jump over to the because uh big shout out to Ryan. He's about to go coach a game, but he wanted to hear us uh talk about Tom Brady and uh whether or not we think he will be here after this season. Um I mean we we all just saw the news about the divorce, so I don't you know, at this point I don't think there's anything keeping Tom Brady from playing football for the next three years if he wants to. Um so I, I think yeah I think we do see Tom Brady next season, especially you know with the way things are going now. If You know if the Bucs were playing better and looking like legitimate uh, Super Bowl contenders, and they could get to another Super Bowl, you know, win a loss, you know, I, I mean maybe he, he, he leaves, but I I don't think Tom wants to go out on a on a on a bad note. He wants to go out with that team at least being a a, a, a playoff team. Right now, you know. They're not even a wild card team. They, they, they're looking really bad. The O line is, is hurt. Ryan Jensen is out. He's you know he's one of the, the, the key pieces to that offensive line. Um, and they just uh, lost Shaq Barrett for the season. You know, in addition to all the other injuries that they face uh, this season. So no, I don't think Tom Brady leaves on, on, on this type of a, of a season.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I, I mentioned it last week. I thought you definitely get uh, another season, maybe two out of them. Um, I think with the divorce now being public and as they try to finalize it, it will be a tough season because there's so so much stuff going on away from the field, but he won't leave on these terms. There was already speculation before the season that he was trying to angle out of Tampa anyway, to get to a better uh, situation in terms of roster and team. So I think he'll revisit that idea. If Tampa is not close enough to competing for a Super Bowl by the end of this season, he'll revisit the opportunity to join somewhere else um, because there will be some teams that will still Use and, and need Tom Brady for a chance to elevate themselves. So I don't think he's done. I think you get at least one more season, possibly even two.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with you uh, on on that one. Um, it's Tom Brady, man. That's the goat. You know, <laughs> he he he's definitely uh, definitely going to be here, man. You got to love that about him. He's I mean has this, has this been the longest uh, you know career for an individual player, especially playing at at this level. You know you got you got to give it to that man. Um, but yeah, I think I think he'll be here at least at least one more season, if not possibly two seasons. I think we'll still see uh, see Tom Brady. Um, other injury news: Bengals lose my guy Jamal Chase for four to six weeks. That's a huge huge hit for me in fantasy football because he just came off of a, of a fifty one point performance <laughs> for me in the league. So I'm a little upset about that one. Um, Eric, we we spoke about this division. Uh, you know, we know we know we know what the Steelers are not. We know what the Browns are not. It was pretty much going to be a two man race between Baltimore and uh, and the Bengals. But now with the Bengals, you know, they lose their, their star wide receiver for a month and a half, maybe even two months. Um, how how do the Bengals fare? Can can they hold on long enough to keep them at least in in wild card contention?
0: It's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be really tough. I think the Monday night game could be a little bit of a trap for them against the Browns because the Browns are getting healthy defensively. And the Browns are going to get back to running the ball. But long term, you're talking four to six weeks for a team right now that's already sitting in second place. Um, the AFC East is super competitive. The AFC East looks like they're, they're probably going to produce multiple playoff teams. So for the for the Bengals, I didn't think they were going to win this division to start with. It's tough. I think they may miss the playoffs now. This injury, where it lands and because of all the issues they have on the offensive line, I think they missed the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it you know, sucks for them. That's a huge loss. And, I you know, I like Jamal Chase. I love the, the chemistry that him and Joe Burrow have, you know, bringing that college uh, chemistry that they had straight into the NFL and kind of just going bananas. Um, that's a big loss for them. I I don't, I don't I don't think they uh I don't think they keep up with uh with Baltimore anymore. I you know, Baltimore getting that win on Thursday night football which was a very much needed win, you know, in accordance to this, you know, they should at this point, you know, be able to to win that division um but yeah, sorry, you know, so, sorry to the Bengals fans out there, but I think this that, this was your shot. To kind of make that push and without Jamal Chase, it's going to be extremely, extremely hard for them. Um, so, yeah, I don't I just I, I don't see I don't see it happening. I don't think they make yeah. it back to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they lost, you know, the first two games of the season that they lost, uh, I think hurt them a little bit, because when when anyone looks at the schedule, you kind of know who you match up well against and who you should beat. They were supposed to beat Pittsburgh week one. They were supposed to beat Dallas with Cooper Rush in week two, because that was Cooper Rush first start of the season. And so that already sent them behind the eight ball. But just just for argument's sake, like I said, they're 4-3 and right now. They get the Browns on Monday night. I wanted to give you a couple games that's still on their schedule. They got to go to Tennessee. They get the Chiefs the following week after that. They still got Tampa, Patriots, Buffalo, and Baltimore on their schedule. That's five competitive teams. Aside from Tampa, Tampa may be out of the mix by that point. I I don't want to write Tampa off because, obviously, they, they still have a legitimate shot to win their division, even if it's only with nine wins but everyone else there looks like they're going to be a playoff team. Titans are leading their division, Chiefs are leading their division, Buffalo is leading the AFC, the Ravens are leading their division, and then you still got the Patriots and Bucks who are going to have a lot to play for cuz both those teams are expected to be in a playoff mix as well. So, it doesn't really get easier for the Bengals. And like I said, if we're talking him being out for 6 weeks, that means he's going to miss the Tennessee and the Kansas City game.
1: Yep. So, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one, you know. T Higgins yeah. Joe Mixon, you know what I'm saying y'all better step it up. If y'all want, if y'all yeah. want to have any shot, y'all gonna have to step it up and, and, and do more. You know, it is what it is. You lost your, your you know your, your your big threat, deep threat wide receiver, who's one of the best in the league. You know that and that and that's hard to make up for. But you get a little bit out of each player, step step their game up a little bit, might be able to salvage this thing in, in, until he gets back. But I for one just don't think. Don't think that's going to happen. I think it's you know it's pretty much a wrap uh for that. Um Let's talk a little bit of New York football, man, because um, we have what a two, time we we have two pretty good New York football teams right now. I think actually I don't even I can't even think about the last time both the Jets and the Giants were this good at the same time in a, in a season. It's crazy. Guys. I think
0: 0-2. 0-2 was the last time they both. Well, that's twenty uh, years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, 26. I think
0: I think uh, I, I think I saw a, a stat flash across where it said O2 was the last time that they both oh my uh were goodness. three games over 500 this late in the season at the same time. Is it,
1: is it has it gotten that bad? Damn. Well, for, I mean, to
0: be fair, I know the Giants have been in a very tough, tough stretch over the last 10 years since the last time, you know, they they were yeah. Super Bowl bound. But to be fair, this is more about the Jets than the Giants. We We know that. You know, yeah, for the yeah. most part, you, you take away that, that rough 10-year stress that the that the Giants have been under. They were competitive for the early parts of the 2000s and obviously in the 90s as well. Absolutely. For the Jets, for the Jets this is kind of the norm. You, you know, they, they, go, they go through these funks for long stretches and long periods of time. And then they'll have one or two really good seasons. Obviously, you know, the Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez years, those were good for them because they went to back-to-back AFC Championship games. Yeah. But other than that, this is who the Jets have always been.
1: No, facts, facts, facts. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, Listen, I'm. I'm happy. Uh, You know. Obviously, you know, I'm a Giants fan. I'm not a Jets fan, but it's not like, like I don't have the relationship with the Jets that I do with the Mets type of type of situation. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like ah, whatever. It's just the Jets. Jets. You know, whatever. But they playing really good right now, and they have a a young team, so they could really start to come into their own over the next couple of seasons, if they can just continue to improve little by little each season. Um, I mean, we're looking, it's looking like right now, if they continue at this pace, they should, uh, you know, make the playoffs. Um, you know, obviously I think the Bills win that division. But, you know, the the, the Patriots, who, 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 who they play this week, we're going to talk about that, are a very beatable team. The Dolphins are beatable as well, just because we don't know who's going to be playing what week, you know, because of because of injuries, um, and then you know everything that's going on with with Tua right now. So you know, I but I just I love it for New York football, man. I hope you guys are excited because we have like Eric said, we haven't seen this in twenty years. Both of these teams playing at this level for for this long into the season. Um, who do you who do you take though today in that Jets uh Patriots game?
0: So I today I have the Jets. I love the Jets team. I've talked about it all offseason. This this was a team that kind of flew under the radar. Again, I didn't think they would be five and two, but I love their draft. I've loved their last couple of drafts. This year, obviously, getting Brees Hall, getting Sauce Gardner, getting Garrett Wilson to pair with what they got last year and Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson. And then Quentin Williams the year before that. I love what they're doing on both sides of the ball. They're building the right culture. I think the Jets are truly one of those young teams that are going to develop into a contender. Today, I like them over the Patriots just because I think the Patriots are making a big mistake with going with Bailey Zappi. This offense looked like trash with Mac Jones when he was prior to he got injured, when he was playing. And when he came in last week as well, they looked bad. Immediately, Bailey Zappi gave this offense a shot in the arm. They were throwing the ball down the field. They were stretching the field more. Everything looked more crisp. With Bailey's happy zappy. And I think Bill's being a little stubborn. So that's why I think they lose today. But Trip, to your point about the Jets making the playoffs. You know, I love to do this. We got to look at the schedule. We got to see what's coming up. For the Jets, the next month is going to tell us everything we need to know about the Jets. I'm going to give you the four games they got coming up. You let me know where you think they land because they got the Patriots today. Then next week, they got to go to Buffalo. They get a bye week. Then they got the Patriots again. And then they got the Bears at home. They got to find a way to... Go two and two, maybe even three and one in that stretch because three of those games are divisional games. You can't lose all three of those divisional games. That's what makes today so important. You got to win today. Then you got to find a way to be competitive with Buffalo. If they come out of that stretch two and two, and we're talking about a team that's seven and four, then it really shapes up well for them that down the stretch because after that Bears game, they still got some winnable games. They got the Lions, they got the Jaguars, they got the Seahawks on their schedule. So this is potentially a team that could get to nine or 10 wins, but today is big for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. Most of those games that you said, if the Jets play the way they're playing, those are winnable games. Right. Outside of the outside of the two Buffalo games, I think they probably wound up losing both of those games to Buffalo because I just think this levels and Buffalo is really in that upper upper echelon. The Jets are a young, good team. But I just don't see them you know, being able to, to go toe-to-toe with the Bills, whether it be at home or on the road. I do pick them to win. Um, I picked them already to win this game uh, versus the Patriots. Um, I think they can beat the Bears at home. I think they can go on the road and beat the Patriots a second time because I just don't like where the team is right now. That Minnesota game on the road is probably going to be the 50-50 toss-up. Um, but they can beat Detroit. They can beat Jacksonville. They can beat Seattle and, you know, by the time that Dolphins game comes back around in Miami, you know, who they completely, you know, dominated earlier, you know, this season at home. Dropped
0: a 40. They dropped a 40 piece McNugget
1: on them. Yeah. So they can probably, you know, beat them, you know, depending on if they if they're already locked in and whatnot and they don't really need that game. Um, But, yeah, I, I think I think we see both the Jets and the Giants in the playoffs and i don't know it was is did, did that year they were both good 20 years ago did they both make the playoffs too or what uh, what, what, what happened
0: uh i i, I could double check I, i'll try to get that answer before uh <laughs> we get off the air but they might have been
1: okay. i gotta see they might have been because this might this might be the year that that happens um you know because again look looking at both teams' schedule. We talked about a week ago about the Giants' schedule and the next um, upcoming four games. And, we, you know, we both said they're all four winnable games. So, and I, and I kind of feel the same way with, with, the, with the Jets. Outside of the two Buffalo games, which I think they'll probably lose both, and the the Minnesota game, I'm going to say that one is a coin toss because nothing in Minnesota impresses me that much to where I'm just like, no, there's no way the Jets can beat them.
0: Oh, that's yeah. That's a fact. Minnesota could be a very winnable game as well. I would love. I'll say this though. I would love for the Jets to win today, not just because we both picked them, but they get Buffalo next week, and we we expect Buffalo to beat the brakes off Green Bay on Monday night. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So, can you imagine what MetLife Stadium will sound like next week if the Jets are six and two, and the six and one Buffalo Bills are coming in for potentially a first place game in a month of November? I don't think Jets fans have been in that position at, like we talked about in 20 years, maybe even more than that. If the Jets win today, the energy in that stadium next Sunday will be phenomenal. I would love to see it. Uh, Jets win, Buffalo win, and then set up that great matchup for next week.
1: Now, I'm going to ask you this because, you know, make sure, make sure you guys are tuned in on Friday nights when we do our Friday night lives and we uh, we pick our 401k, 401k picks and our upset picks. Would mm-hmm. you pick the Jets for the upset Next week, if they if they win t- today, going into next week's game, would you pick the the Jets as your upset pick of the week?
0: uh Right now, no. <laughs> Something drastically we have to change, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. Because like I said, when when you look at rankings of teams, Buffalo is number one offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. uh One of the reasons we all like them to win them all is like we said, even if they struggle offensively against Green Bay, their defense is probably gonna still be very good and limit anything Green Bay does. But right now, bro, even without today's games being played, have you looked at what the line is for next week?
1: Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't seen it.
0: In New York next week, even without this week's games being played, Buffalo is already favored by ten and a half points.
1: Jeez, Whew. yeah,
0: that should let you know everything you need. Vegas knows how good Buffalo is, yes. Like, and that is very disrespectful to t- to say Buffalo is ten points better than the Jets when right now the Jets are five and two, Buffalo's five and one. And we're potentially looking at a first-place matchup. But that's how confident Vegas is in Buffalo as well.
1: Now, do you think those odds change change if the Jets uh, win this game? Does, does that come yeah. down?
0: Yeah, I, I think 10.5 is is very disrespectful when you consider it's a divisional opponent. Because these are when you see most of the upsets. Yes. When it, when a divisional opponent goes up against each other because you're so familiar with playing each other twice a year. That line is probably going to come down to like seven a it'll probably come down by like three points That's what I'm um, once it becomes official yeah because that line won't really be official until tuesday after all the games are played so that line will come down but again it still speaks to how good buffalo is that vegas is already projecting potentially a 10-point line when we don't even know the results from this week
1: yeah facts facts no listen I, I i think it does go down a little bit if the jets win but i'm still picking them and listen Jets fans, I've been supporting y'all this this season. I've been complimenting y'all and giving y'all y'all, y'all flowers. Eric, you even know would you call it the bing bong pick? I took the bing bong pick. It's the bing twice bong this parlay. Season. Yeah, the bing bong parlay. Twice, twice
0: this season. The season. And you know, and because we, well, let's talk about the Giants before we get into this. Let's, let's talk about the Giants. Because you okay. guys have a really good game. Um, one of the better games of the day in Seattle today. The Giants are getting three points. Seahawks a little banged up at receiver, obviously. DK won't be there. Um Tyler Locke is dealing with a, with a hamstring injury. But there has been two of the most surprising teams in the NFC. Trip, I want to get your thoughts on it. I know who you're picking to win, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Will Gordon, what's good, bro? We see you in the chat. What
1: up? What up? What up? Well, man, we got we got to, we got to get you get you in the in the mix, man. <laughs> we need you outside with us, man. Um yeah, man, the Giants. Oh my goodness. I mean, you know you know I already picked the Giants. So, it is you know, that's that 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 goes without saying. Um, and we spoke a little about about this on 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 uh Friday the loss of DK Metcalf I think it's I think it's gonna you know expect, at least this week until the team can kind of get um you know acclimated to to him not being there I think the Seahawks offense does struggle a little bit this week um and with how good the Giants defense has been playing as as of late uh you know I think I think the Giants Giants get this get this win I think it's gonna be be a low scoring game though um but i do think the giants ultimately get the win
0: i love the giant team brian table is the coach of the year um that that to me nothing's going to change that because they've already exceeded their win total from last year so he's the, the coach of the year this game though to me is just one of those really tough uh situations in the schedule because they played in london a few weeks ago then they had to come back home they didn't get a bye week Then they went to Jacksonville, and now they got to go to Seattle. And all three of those games, they had to come back. They had to come from behind to win. Green Bay down 10 points. Baltimore down 10 points. Last week, they were down four points. I think the travel gets to them a little bit. Seattle has been a tough place for them to play. I also think this could be the revenge game for Geno Smith. And, again, I think the Giants are the better team, and the Giants have greater potential as the season goes on. I just think this is a very tough spot in the schedule for them. With all the travel they've had to do over the last month. I got the Seahawks winning this game. I don't think the Seahawks cover though. I can honestly see this being a 23-21 victory by Seattle where maybe a last second field goal wins it for them. Mm.
1: All right. Well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna wait and see. We got the four o'clock game uh today, four twenty five to be exact. Um, but uh yeah, man, we we look at I told you we need we needed all four of these. These uh and we got we got we yeah. got the one last week. We got we started off on a good note, uh a good win for us at Jacksonville. You know, so I I'm, I'm still I still like I like our chances. I, I think um I think the Giants hold on, man. Um But yeah, man, let's uh really, really quick, let me just shout out everybody in the uh in in, in the group chat. Keep, throwing, keep sending those comments in, keep sending those questions in, whatever y'all y'all want us to get to. If y'all want us to, you know, kind of throw a little curveball into the rundown, we definitely got you on that. And uh, make sure you guys are following us on all our social media. I know y'all have been seeing them at the bottom of the screen, but um, I'll, 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 I'll let y'all know. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk. Instagram, Twitter, at Real Fan Talk. And um, make sure you guys hit that website up, man www.realfansrealtalk.com. We are live now on Sundays, but you can also catch the show every Thursday night on Verizon 43 all throughout New York City. And if you're not in New York City, just go to that website, realfansrealtalk.com. I'm actually throwing it up on the screen for you guys right there. And uh, you can watch on Thursday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. from anywhere you are in the world. Just click, click that red button on the homepage and uh, you will be good to go. Uh, let's talk some NBA news, man. A lot going on. Let's get to it. Beginning of the season, you know, <sighs> you know, you know, you know, when I when I when I when I when I like that, Eric. You know, it's a topic I don't really want to get to, but I got to get to it. We got to talk about this thing. Lakers, the L.A. Lakers are still winless. They are the only team in the NBA to not win a basketball game this season. We've been talking about this the past couple of weeks. Uh, Eric, you know we kind of both been talking trade. Um, I mean, at this point, it's just it's, it's not. If it's more of a of a win question, how bad do you think this thing has to get before the the Lakers pull the the the, the trigger on the Russell Westbrook trade?
0: Listen, I'm gonna double down on exactly what I said last <laughs> week on this very platform that the Lakers cannot wait to Thanksgiving to make a move. We've talked about it here. We talked about it on a Friday Night Live. Trip, you put the clip out there where I said the Lakers are in danger of possibly getting to 0-6 or 0-7 before they win a game. They got Denver coming up next. That doesn't look very promising at all. Then after that, they get the Pelicans. That don't look good. The Jazz, all right, you could probably beat the Jazz. But then after that, you get Cleveland, you get the Jazz again, and you got the Clippers. It's going to get ugly before it gets gets more beautiful there. Uh, They got to make the move immediately, immediately. I know they don't want to part ways with both those first-round picks. I completely get that. I know that you don't you don't have much to really offer anybody else because there aren't many pieces on this roster. But you have to make a move to get some sort of shooter and get some sort of balance on that floor because right now it's disgusting the way they're playing. These games aren't even competitive anymore, Trip. These games are over with four minutes to go, like they're sitting brawn out with four minutes to go because these games aren't even competitive.
1: Yeah,
0: this this continues. I know it's going to be a lot made about Braun chasing the, the scoring uh, title and and being an all-time leading scorer, and all that is is fine and dandy. But you don't want this to become one of those seasons where no one is even interested in anything you're doing on the floor because it's over before it even gets started. We're just getting into November, and we're already talking about this team needs to make a trade. They're five games in. It's ugly, their trip. They yeah. got to do something immediately.
1: Well, you know, guys like ourselves have been saying they need to make a trade before the season started. So just, I just want let to let the people at home know we have been, you know, talking that talk for for some time now. Um, I, I mean, what, I don't know, man. It's like, what are you going to let it get to zero and ten before you start saying, all right, maybe we should look into it. Um, you know, Eric, you you know, my trade has always been, I, I would like for them to go after Buddy Hill, and Miles Turner, but you did um, come to us with a very interesting trade. Um, that I actually we've been thinking about, uh, since Friday, which would have been a possible, uh, trade to Miami, uh, Kyle Lowry and, uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, for Russell Westbrook in, in one of those first round picks. Um, listen, yeah, I, at this point it's like, y'all better do something. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I had gotten a lab and, uh, you know, I might, I might have had a few beverages and I got in a trade machine and I said, you know, let's let's figure this out, because it, it, the Indiana trade can't be the only trade. I know everybody's talking about it and it does make sense on paper. You get Buddy Hill, you get Miles Turner. But we already know the Lakers don't want to part ways with both those picks. Um, Another trade that was presented that had been floating around the Internet was Russ and a pick to Utah for Conley. This was before Bogdanovich got traded to Detroit. Conley, Bogdanovich, and Rudy Gay going back to the Lakers, which would have given them a little more depth, and Bogdanovich gives them the shooter. But, again, they didn't want to part with both picks. So Utah ended up trading Bogdanovich to Detroit. To me, the Miami pick makes sense on both fronts. You get Kyle Lowry, who's a good defender. Not that the Lakers' defense has been bad, because that's actually been the one shining spot of this team. Their defense has been good. But you get Kyle Lowry, and you get Duncan Robinson, both guys who are much better shooters than Russ, and therefore fit the roster better. On the flip side for Miami, I think they need more. They need more out of that point guard spot. Kyle Lowry just isn't the right fit. I, we talk about heat culture. We know a little about heat culture, but they need a guy who can push the tempo, who can get the ball out of Jimmy's hands at times, and can give them a, a shot in the arm and a, and a boost of energy. And Russ would fit that perfectly. Also, Miami would get that future first from the Lakers, because most people expect by 2025 the Lakers are going to be bad anyway, and that pick is probably going to be a top 10 pick. So I think it works for both sides. Lakers get a little more shooting. They get a little more balance. And it still gives them that extra pick to make the additional move. Because, as I mentioned on Friday, even if you make the move for Heald and Turner, that doesn't solve all your issues. You still have depth issues coming off your bench. That's why they don't want to move both those picks in one trade.
1: Yeah. Listen, it, we, we, we both know what it is. The, the league knows what it is. The world knows what it is. The Lakers know what it is. It's just a matter of when are you going to be ready to say F that pick <laughs> we, we need to make some 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 moves right now you know it's crazy to me that in a season where LeBron James will become the all-time leading scorer you are not willing to make moves that could at least help them get to the playoffs Like you are wasting. This is going to be an iconic year, not only for LeBron James, but for the Lakers organization because the guy who's number one right now is also a Laker and an NBA champion, Hall of Famer with the Lakers, the great Kareem Abdul Jabbar. This season should be a big deal. For the Lakers, you need to go and do whatever it is that you have to do to salvage this season, whether it be going to get Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson, which I'm I'm, I'm warming up to, or whether it be you go to get Miles Turner and Buddy Hill. But you have to do something right now. The season cannot wait. You guys cannot wait any longer. You are 0-5. You got to win five games just to be get back to 500. Just to say you're back on the, on the board. You got to win five games
0: and and right now it see where it could really get ugly for them is the division is tough that division is very tough because phoenix off to one start golden state is in that division you know golden state's gonna win 50 plus games and you've got the clippers potentially could be a 50 plus win team yes. so we haven't even got to that part of the schedule you haven't even got to the divisional games that again you're going to be an underdog because you don't really match up against those teams so this could get really bad for them right away um I'm shocked that, and like you said, you know, F them picks at this point, but I'm, I'm shocked that they're taking this approach of trying to be conservative because that had, they had no regard for draft picks when they went after Anthony Davis. They had no regard for any draft picks. They didn't care. Cause in their mind, it was like, we can't waste these LeBron years. Bron came here to try to win. Let's get him the piece he needs. Now you did that, but then you let all the support cast casco, you traded all those rotational pieces for Russell Westbrook. And now you're, you're kind of, Gunshot to make the move to get the pieces you need you know you didn't have to trade for Russ. we talked about this at the time they didn't have to make the move for Russ. they could have stood with kuzma with kcp with caruso and kept at least some of the rotational guys to give them more depth on that roster they didn't and now for whatever reason they're shy to make a move for pieces they need
1: yeah listen man i i don't get it but um i'm hoping that they that they they, they get it together and make that move uh on 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 the other side of that the only team left in the NBA that is actually undefeated, the Milwaukee Bucks, champions from two years ago. I I, lo- I love it. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Milwaukee right now. We both kind of put them in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals at a, at a minimum this season. Um, but talk to me about Milwaukee, man, and how good they, they are looking uh, right now. Maybe I I would like to see them add a little bit, you know, uh, some depth maybe to the bench. But other than that, they are looking back to, you know, what we saw two years ago from them.
0: I mean, Milwaukee, as you said, I, we were all in agreement that we're expecting a, a deep run from the Milwaukee Bucks. I've got them getting to the finals this year and playing Golden State because I do think they're the best team in the East. I think Giannis is the best player in the world. Oh, by the way, they're doing this without Chris Middleton. So when they get him back they then then they really get it going What? um so i i think milwaukee is is coming out with a chip on the shoulder that we love to see from teams they know they lost to a boston team that they probably were better than but they weren't fully healthy so now they're coming out and they're showing everyone we are the best team in the league and we're going to continue to thump you guys and do what we got to do against you guys this team is looking really good Giannis is looking like Giannis. you could use a little bit more depth Obviously, they don't have DiVincenzo anymore, so of, of course they they're missing some things there. But just Giannis, what he's doing early on this year, he's averaging thirty four and fourteen. Trip thirty four and fourteen. We talking about a guy trying to be dominant? That's dominant. That's what I'm talking about. Averaging over a block and a half a game, that's dominant. So I love what I'm seeing from them. They're going to be a threat all year. The rest of the Eastern Conference, I know Boston is the representative, but I to me the Eastern Conference goes through Milwaukee.
1: So let me ask you this, Eric, and I got to ask you again. <laughs> Because, you know, people say different things. Is Giannis still the best player in basketball?
0: Absolutely. Without a doubt. And and we've had this debate. Shout out to Will Gordon. I know Will's in the group chat right now. We've had the debate about more skilled and best player. And I don't think they both go hand in hand. Because Kyrie is probably the most skilled point guard in the game. Yeah. But he's not the best point guard in the game. Right? KD is more skilled than Giannis. But if you're telling me it's game seven... And I need the best performance you can give me to win this series. I'm going with Giannis because Giannis has shown us time and time and time again. You're going to have to kill me on the floor. You're not going to you're not going to get a soft performance for me. I don't care if you put me on the free throw line 20 times. I don't care if you double me. I don't care if you force me to, to figure this out. I will figure it out. I will keep attacking you. I will keep running into your chest until one of us breaks. So to me, that's what makes Giannis the best player in the game, because in a seven game series, we saw it last year. Look at the numbers. Go back and look at the numbers he put up against Boston shorthanded. Yeah. And they, and what did they they still took Boston in to seven games. Yep. Boston needed all seven games to eliminate Giannis. To me, the best player in the game is number 34 Milwaukee.
1: Absolutely. I, I we're we're in agreement on that one. Um and like you said, when Chris Middleton comes back, whoo. They are going to be a terror to have to deal with. Giannis said, "You know what?" They gave they gave that guy in Denver two back to back MVPs. I didn't like that, and I'm and i and I'm coming for my for my third right now MVP. And if you get on my nerves, I might come for my second Defensive Player of the Year award this season. Shout out to Giannis. Shout out to uh, to the Bucks, and uh, shout out to 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 a guy right now who's playing in Chicago, who is about seven points away from hitting that 20,000-point club, and that is DeMar DeRozan, man. Shout out, man. Got to give that man his flowers.
0: You have to. An amazing career. An amazing career. Um, One of the most consistent guys the game has ever seen, right? Never in the MVP conversations, but always an all-star, always a guy who can get you a bucket. Uh, one of the few guys that still has a really good mid-range game too, because that's a lost art in the NBA now. But DeMar DeRozan will kill you from the mid-range all day, every day. Uh, kudos to him, man, and a well-deserved, uh, a well-deserved accomplishment as well.
1: Facts, facts, facts. Listen, you gotta love it, man. Shout out, to, shout out to him. He was having an MVP season, you know, last year with, with the Bulls. They're struggling a little bit to start this year off, but again, that's a huge accomplishment for for DeMar DeRozan. Uh, big shout out to him. You know, and if, if, if we're giving out flowers, we also got to hold, hold cats account, accountable for their actions as well. I don't know what the hell was in the water in San Antonio, uh, but uh, Josh Primo, guard for the San Antonio Spurs, uh, he's, he's outside outside being a, 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 a naughty, naughty boy, exposing himself to, to women and it's pretty much going to cost him his NBA career because uh, the Spurs, they just they, they wash their hands of him. They, they cut ties. Um, he said he's going to be seeking some mental uh, counseling. I wish you the best, brother. I hope you, know, you get whatever services you, you need, you work on whatever you need to work on because this ain't it. What you're doing outside, that ain't it.
0: He, he from canada so maybe they do it a little different over there that, but um that's, <laughs> i'll just say maybe i don't know maybe they do it a little different over there but you just can't be running around uh exposing yourself yeah. to women um especially without their permission you just run around it's just a little wild and we gotta t- we gotta tone down the language so this is a family show <laughs> but uh and there might be something in the water in texas in general because deshaun watson was in houston when he was doing what he was doing oh man. but yeah, I'm just, we got to call it what it is, Trip. Uh, But this is this is super, super, you know, just stupid of, of this young man. Uh, career is in jeopardy. And it's really even before career even started. He was only into his second year in the NBA. And so now the talent is there. Obviously, he was a first-round pick of the Spurs. And even teams have called around just to see how serious and severe these allegations are before anyone even entertains the idea of bringing him in to their team and their organization but like you said it could be over before it starts um it's going to take him some time to rehabilitate his image and the trust of any organization and unfortunately you know your, your career may have, may be over before you are 21 man which which sucks
1: yeah cuz it's not like we're talking about a, a a top guy a top you know a top traffic. Right. something you know yeah. what i mean so you, you probably threw your through your career away with this one i you know i don't I don't know what, what was wrong with that brother, but hopefully he uses this time to reflect and get whatever help um that he that he he needs and maybe he can get his life back on track and get a second shot in the NBA or maybe playing overseas or something, but yeah, man, you you got you got to do better, brother.
0: And I will say this too and it, it we shouldn't even have to say it, but we 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 will. I applaud the Spurs for being swift in their decision and not Oh, well, let's see. Let's see what's going on. No, no. The moment they heard about this, they cut them immediately. No nonsense, no questions asked. Get them up out of there. This is a well run organization. Pop ain't standing for that nonsense. But also, we saw the way they developed Becky Ham as a, as a coach. And so now to, to say, nah, we're not tolerating this either. Kudos to them.
1: Yeah. Listen, and you know, this is the worst. This is the this is the worst possible time for you know for things like this to happen. We are in the still in the midst of the Me Too movement, and certain things will just not be tolerated, and certain things are going to be made harder for you to bounce back from. So, and it's especially when you know you mentioned Deshaun Watson when you when you don't have that that type of of resume or talent level, it's going to be extremely hard. For, for you to bounce back. You know, at the end of the day we're talking about businesses and if you're a, a top talent, somebody's gonna give you a call. Um but when you, you know, at the bottom of the of the totem pole, makes makes things difficult and it makes it makes it a lot easier for teams to say, nah, we don't wanna deal with that. He, he's, he's, not, he's, he's nowhere near worth the headache, the backlash that comes with all of that. Let's cut ties. Let's get him out of there, you know. Hopefully, for his sake, nobody really knows him like that. Then you know they don't really know Josh Primo. So you know maybe he can kind of in a couple of years since he's young, kind of reinvent himself, get the help that he needs, and come back. But again, you know we got we got to wait and see on that one. But you know, do better, man. Absolutely. Um, while we in while we're in the NBA, um. I saw my guy, I want to say like a couple of days ago, my main, my main man, Barry, uh Barack Obese, you know, he was doing a he was doing a press conference, and uh he was saying, and uh, Eric, I want to get your opinion on this too, because I know like you're somewhat of an expert in this uh in this field. And uh Barry was saying that he had the best jump shot of basically all the presidents that had been in the White House. Now, I might be mistaken, Eric, but when I've seen from what I've seen of guys, I I would have to go with, with my man Barack as the best jump shot of all the presidents. But not just because, you know, he's a brother and you know we, we we got that thing thing on a lot. But the I've seen him play on several occasions and Obama he got he got some skills, you know? But uh, talk to me, man. Is, does he have the best jump shot amongst all of the presidents?
0: Oh, that's a fact. That's a, that's That goes without a doubt. We've seen the footage. Um, we could bring up the footage if people need to see it. Um, Barack <laughs> was the only president who had consistent pickup games taking place in the White House. Yes. You know what I'm saying? where cats cats already knew on that day of the week, like, yo, we we, we got the gym reserved for two hours. Um, you know what I'm saying? Barack, Barack had the YMCA type game, which we all respect. Uh, it was similar to like an Andre Miller, you know, one of them old school point guards, bring the ball up a little slow, a lot, uh, herky, jerky, pump fakes, all that good stuff. But Barack definitely had game and, and without a doubt had the best jump shot of any active sitting president or former president.
1: Yeah. So. All right. So now so, so my, there ain't no debate in that. OK, so now my next thing would, you know, would be um, it may, you know, and, and it makes sense that he would be, you know, tied to an investment group that you know would ultimately be trying to purchase the Phoenix Suns. It makes sense because he got the jump shot. He's a shooter. They used to have shooters in Phoenix. You know what I mean? So I like it, man. What, what do you think about President Barack Obama being, being part of an ownership group that owns an NBA team? I
0: love it. I love it for so many reasons. Um, the first is the Phoenix Suns organization needs to do a lot of damage control right now coming out of this Robert Sarver fiasco so you get Barack Obama someone who is as established and respected as he is coming in even though he's part of a group he he would still be the most recognizable name of that group so it gives you credibility on that on that front the second part I love about it is we can't forget that during the NBA bubble when the players had the opportunity to really flex their muscle and they could have really hamstring the league by walking away from the bubble he was the one on the phone with LeBron with Chris Paul with uh, C.J. McCollum and a lot of the other leaders of the league and kind of advise them as to what to do and and how they could use their power in a positive way so that the games could continue and that the league would not suffer from those guys walking away from the bubble, especially after the NBA put so much money into the bubble in, in, in Orlando. So you have those factors. And then the, the biggest factor, an elephant in the room that we always talk about, more diversity, more minorities in the ownership. Uh you have those facts, more minorities with a seat at the table. So Barack would check all the boxes and all those things. Um again, I mean I know we're biased, trip, probably our favorite president, but nonetheless, I think someone who is more than accomplished enough to, to have that seat at the table. And I love it for all those reasons I just mentioned. No, abs-
1: absolutely. You know. We know the type of you know the relationship that that he has with several NBA players, you know what I mean. So I, I think I think it makes perfect sense. I love it, um, you know it's 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 dope, man. I think it is dope for Barack. Um, I, you know that's the next yo. You got to level up, Barack. Yo, my man, Barack owning owner the piece of the, the Phoenix Suns, man. You got you have got to love that. Big shout out to to to, to President Barack Obama my guy. Oh man. Oh. Speaking of spending money and dropping the bag, the Forbes list new uh new top 5 out. They got it. Well, was, we
0: knew that was going to shift pretty quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, it definitely did uh shift shift quickly. Um Golden State at $7.3 uh 3 billion. That is crazy. It makes sense cuz you know they do got a lot of championships over the past couple of years. Um What's not crazy though is the number two team, and that's your New York Knickerbockers, Eric. They they they're always going to be in the top five. New York is a basketball city. People are always going to support the the Knicks, no matter what. The Garden is the mecca of basketball. They are still number two on the on the list. Um, at at was six point one uh, billion dollars on their network. I, hopefully, you know the. Knicks, I, could you imagine, Eric? If the Knicks actually made it to the playoffs, like consistently, how much that organization would be worth? If it's worth six point one billion dollars now, and and they haven't really had a consistent playoff run in since maybe the nineties.
0: Well, to to be fair, um, I mean the playoffs would help. But it wouldn't change that number too much because the Knicks are one of the few organizations that have complete control over everything they do in terms of they own the building. Obviously, they got their own cable network. So there are different streams that come in to the organization that a lot of other teams don't have. A lot of other teams don't have... and You know this, like with the Yankees, the Yankees have the Yes Network. Yeah. So that boosts their value as well because I control all of my content that goes out year round. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they, if they made... Put it this way, if the Knicks were a consistent winner, the fan base would probably be larger than what it is. And then, yeah, you probably would still have more ways to make more money. But ultimately, it, it really comes down to the business side of things. James Dolan, no matter how we feel about him as an owner, has done right as a businessman. Because from the time he's taken over, we've seen the creation of MSG Network and him having full control of the garden. So, um, but of course, I've thought about the Knicks being a consistent playoff team trip. That's all I think about. I think about <laughs> trades. I think about ways that I can help the Knicks, even though they don't even employ me. But I, I think about ways I can help the Knicks. So, I, of course, I think about that.
1: Because Eric, you're a hell of a fan. I will give you that <laughs> you have dealt with some torture over the years, and you were yeah. a hell of a fan. You know what? I gotta give I gotta give Knicks fans credit because for you to stick it out and ride with the Knicks for all these years, y'all are tough, man. So I got to give y'all some some
0: credit. The the Knicks, I I always say this, and and I don't know if he's watching now. My man Leo, he tuned in last week. He sent us some questions about the Giants. I always say this. The Knicks hurt me way more than the Mets. Because at least the Mets, every couple years, they give me a winner. Every couple years, they give me a team that's a playoff caliber team. Mm -hmm. The Knicks, similar to what I said about the Jets earlier, the Knicks is always these 10 to 20-year droughts between good teams. The last time the Knicks was really good was 2015. We're seven years past. Yeah. we're approaching 10 years before we're gonna be relevant again so it's always the same thing with them hopefully this year maybe a little something year they got off to a good start.
1: Hey listen you know Jalen Brunson is looking really good for the for the Knicks they' they're actually looking pretty good this season so big shout out to big shout out to the Knicks um just to round out the top five the Lakers come in at 5.9 billion followed by the Bulls at 4.1 billion Celtics at number five at 4 billion and um Brooklyn comes in. At number seven, at $3.5 billion, just for you, for you, New York guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I mean, look
0: look look at some of the teams you mentioned, and they all, like I said, owning the network because the the Nets over on yes, so they have the, they have the exclusive rights there. Uh, Boston has as so you nice. know I think that's that's why you that's why you see that because again, these are teams that are tied to a network. So now there's so many other ways to generate money for the team. You know, now basketball was like baseball where there was no salary cap. Then the Knicks could just sign anybody we wanted, oh, and you know then it'd be different. But you know we gotta still play by the rules. If
1: that was the case, the Knicks would probably be at ten billion, right? now. <laughs> <laughs> if there was no salary cap in kind of basketball, the Knicks would be at ten billion easily right now. Because if you can, if you telling me the Knicks is going to be at six point one billion, and they, who's who's the biggest name on on the Knicks right now?
0: There isn't one, to be honest.
1: There's really not. You know no. what I mean? I mean, I guess Derrick Rose, I, but for his previous, you know, yeah. stint. But other than that, nah, bro. Like, so f- got it. No, I was going
0: to say, I, I heard Van Gundy the other night. Uh, I forgot who they were playing. But it was so true what he said. And his, his whole logic on the Knicks was they haven't been able to land a star player. So they've got all these other decent players. So he was like, if you did like a ranking, the Knicks don't have a player that's probably a top 40, top 50 player in the league. But they got a bunch of guys that are in that 50 to that fifty to 70 category. And it's true because Julius Randle ain't an all-star. No. Jalen Brunson ain't an all-star. Your next best player is RJ. He's not an all-star. None of those guys would crack any top 30, top 40 list. None of those guys. Yeah. But once you get to like 45 and on, then you'll see all those guys' names right behind that.
1: Hey, it, it could work because if you think about it, right, most teams are going to have one guy maybe in the top 15. So If you're lucky, you get two guys. But the rest of those rosters fill out, and then, then you'd be talking about guys that's like 70 and 80 with the, with the yep. rest of those guys that fill out the roster. So, you know. Who knows, man. But um, shout out to the teams making money, man. Everybody's up. The bag is getting bigger uh, year by year. So big shout out to us, all of those teams. We're about to go into a little bit of overtime as far as the show goes. But
0: hey, you- real quick, real quick. Yeah, yeah, I know because uh, we're less than 30 minutes from kickoff. Just a quick update. The Broncos end up coming back to win that game uh, 21-17 over the Jags. So that might save their oh. season. <laughs>
1: Just, it just might. Damn, I wish that Jerry Judy could have got a couple more more yards, but, you know, it is what it is. I had a pretty good good game from from, uh, from him today. I was surprised that he even did what he did <laughs> today.
0: So oh, I, I brought up the, the update because you talked about the trade deadline early, and I was thinking that, like, if they lose today, he, he might be on a different flight home after that because they might start breaking it up on the way home.
1: They might still be doing that, bro, because it wasn't yeah. like this was nothing impressive that would lead me to believe that this thing is going to work out long term. So who knows? When the right offer comes along, you might, you know, teams might just take it. True. Um, but uh really quick, baseball. We got the world series going on right now. Um, unfortunately, the the, the Yankees know the Mets is in the World Series this year, but you know, it is what it is. We're gonna be back next year, man. But uh we do got uh the uh the the, the Phillies and uh in Houston tied up one one right now. Uh Philly took the first game uh, Houston took game two uh, Who are you taking in the series though Eric because we never even gave our picks for the World Series
0: We didn't, we didn't get a chance to Yeah um, I, I dropped it on a, on a Previous episode but yeah we didn't get a chance To talk about it I got I got Houston in six uh, I just think they're the better roster overall And I really want one for Dusty Baker he's come up short A couple times it happened with the Giants uh, happened with the Cubs So I, I do think he's due But I do think it's going to be an entertaining series And if, if the first two games have been any indication it will be uh, Houston was up five 0 in game one. Philly stormed back and won in the extra innings. Then yesterday, Houston got it going again. Their pitching was really dominant in game two, and they end up winning five two. So I think it's going to be good. The next three games are in Philly. You never know. Maybe Philly can handle business there, but I think they do get back to Houston for game six.
1: Okay, um, I I do agree with you. I think Houston is the better team. I'm actually I'm pulling for the Phillies though. Bryce Harper, hope he uh, he, can, he can get he can get back to it. Um, but Either way, I ain't got a. What is it I was saying? Go, I ain't got a horse in the race, or ain't you the race. I ain't got a horse I in got, the race. I got.
0: Listen, I, I've I've been. I meant to look for the clip before the game on Friday, and I was doing a little bit of traveling. Um, for anybody who tuned into the live, I wasn't. I didn't have the normal background. I was on the road, but I'm so happy for Bryce Harper, especially that he had that home run to elevate them to the World Series. Because Trip, like I always give you your flowers. You were the first person to give me an opportunity and a platform to speak on. One of my first pieces that I wrote for Real Fans Real Talk was how baseball did not take advantage of, of promoting their young stars. Mm-hmm. And there's a clip circulating that's still on the page where I mentioned Bryce Harper at the time. And I said they didn't, they never promoted Bryce Harper or Manny Machado the right way. Bryce Harper had the opportunity, had the chance to be baseball version of LeBron. He came into the league so young. He was a flashy, flamboyant guy. He was a different face for the league. They never did it. So I'm so happy he's on this stage now. To remind people of how good he is. He's a multiple-time MVP. This guy consistently has 30 home runs a year. He just turned 30. He he is going to be truly one of the great players of the game. And it's unfortunate that Major League Baseball never found a way to truly promote him the way they should have.
1: I tell you what though, which is which is crazy, if he played for the Yankees, he would have had that promo.
0: I mean, but even even still, I, I always and I with you, I think certain cities make you a star right away. Like if you play for the Dodgers, Dodgers, play for the Yankees, Boston. Right, right. There's a certain allure already with those cities. But to me, I never understood Major League Baseball when the Nationals came from Montreal. For people that don't remember, they used to be the Expos. Bryce Harper was their first face. Yes. Because they weren't even good yet. So that was a perfect opportunity for baseball to say, not only do we have this new franchise and a new city. But now, look, we got the 18 year old kid that everybody's been watching YouTube clips of in home run derbies, you know, and, and hitting 450 foot home runs. And now he's in our quote unquote new city with our new team. And they still never promoted it the right way. And I, I love what he's getting from the Philly fans. I love the connection because you can see the, the, the way that crowd goes crazy for him. And he's been the star they needed him to be. Even this year being hurt, he still hit 18 home runs. And has already had five home runs in, in the playoffs, so he's been amazing for them.
1: Yeah, MLB just definitely dropped the, the the ball on that one, right? Because they sh- they should have. You are absolutely right. Everything you said. You know, he he could have been that type of LeBron player because I mean, one, he is a talent level. He's he's of that talent level. You know what I mean as well. He's definitely lived up to that hype. Um, but yeah, they dropped they dropped the ball on that. But that and 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 that's why. MLB is kind of picking up the real right now. That's why football, the NFL mm-hmm. and the NBA is is kicking their butts, you know, right now because they don't have that promo. There's only certain teams where you're going to get, you know what I'm saying? Like we mentioned the, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets you'll get it. You know, there's only certain teams where you're going to get that crazy push and it's unfortunately it's not a league-wide thing. So it is what it is. We still got a couple more games of the World Series. I'm sure by the next week we'll probably be around if Game Six, if in that vicinity. Um, by the time we get back to you guys on the uh, on, on on the live stream, before we get up yeah. out of here, uh, a little bit of boxing news. Uh, Lomachenko defeats Ortiz. He retains the uh, the, uh, the 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 belts. He is uh, supposed to be fighting uh, Devin Haney. I'm thinking that, that that's supposed to be. Uh, the next fight, I'm hoping we get, and I think we will get that one because I think I, a lot of times what we have, we have the promoters getting in the way of fights, and which is why it sucks that we're probably not going to get Errol Spence Jr. And, uh, and and Terrence Crawford anytime soon, but I think in this situation, all signs point to that's going to be one of the next big fights in boxing, Lomachenko versus, uh, versus Devin Haney. What's your take on the fight, though?
0: Uh, Lomachenko looked looked a little old. um Now I, I will give Ortiz a lot of credit because they had sparred together in, in the past, and he was kind of familiar with his style. So that showed early on in the fight. He was able to land some pretty clean shots, but uh, Lomachenko still one of the greats. I want to see him against Devin Haney, and I do agree with you. I think it's going to happen. Devin Haney, to me, from what I've seen from him, is not just the best lightweight in the sport, but I think he is truly a boxer that comes from the cloth that we all appreciate. And that's the guy who wants to fight the best guys. Him taking less money to go to Australia to fight Cambosis and then giving him a rematch in Australia proves that he's really trying to be the most dominant guy in that division. He's already said he wants Lomachenko. He's wanted Lomachenko for quite some time. They make that fight happen. And I think he's a true champion in the sense that he's willing to defend it against whoever the best is
1: in that weight class. Absolutely. I, I love it. That's what we need more of. In the sport of boxing, what we need less of. In the sport of boxing, is Jake Paul fighting these over the hill, not trained well, you know, <laughs> fighters that none of which are boxers. Um, I, I watched. I watched some of the fight, some of the uh, Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva fight. But when I'm when I'm just looking at the at the breakdown of this fight, you're talking about. A 47-year-old Anderson Silva coming out of retirement to train in the sport of boxing, which I'm sure he wasn't training box for boxing, for professional boxing um, the past couple of years he's been in retirement. He might still be training, but I doubt it's in just boxing. So you're pretty much talking about a 47-year-old retired Anderson Silva probably just starting to train vigorously, over the past, what, I guess, month and a half, two months, um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just tired of seeing Jake Paul stack the deck in his favor and people just lapping it up. Like I'm listening to the announcers last night and D Roden, and I'm just like, like y'all realize this is a another over the hill opponent who's not a boxer by trade going up against a 27 25 year old kid who's been training professionally for the past what 5 years now maybe
0: for 4 years four, officially he's okay, been training
1: training mm-hmm. for the past for the past 4 years I already knew this that Anderson Silva wasn't going to be the one to put an end to this BS um the only good thing that came out of this thing which I actually This was like the one thing where I was like, you know what? I got to give Jake Paul a lot of respect on this. The bet that he made with Anderson Silva prior to the fight where if Anderson Silva won, Jake Paul would fight him in a kickboxing fight, which obviously we knew that was never going to happen. But if Anderson Silva lost, he has to become the president of an organization that Jake Paul is going to start to help MMA fighters get more money um, in their fight purse. So that I was like, you know what? That I, 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 I mess with. That I really, I really mess with. I think that was dope of Jake Paul to do that. Um, who better than Anderson Silver to be the president of an organization like that? Um, the only person, you know, maybe like one of the Gracie brothers or, or something like that. But I think Anderson Silver is a prime candidate because he's someone who's had a, a great career um in, in in ufc and mma period so i think he is the, the best guy to do that and i and i did you know i gotta commend jake paul on that one
0: yeah I, you know yesterday and I, I started to text you i was watching this with my nephews i was visiting family so they it, i found it very interesting the reaction of the casual boxing fans to this event because i agree with you i don't like the fact that people are trying to pretend as if Jake Paul is really taking a path to being a serious boxer. He's not. He's fighting MMA guys. He's fighting guys who haven't trained nearly as long as he has. And in most cases, he's the bigger fighter. So none of that to me is respectable in terms of a career. Entertainment, yes, not a career in boxing. But everyone that I was around yesterday pretty much was a casual fight fan. They really didn't know who Anderson Silva was. They couldn't name you five of the top boxers in the world, aside from Canelo, because Canelo is one of the few household names and Floyd, but Floyd no longer fights. So the the feeling I got yesterday was that what Jake Paul is doing for the sport is positive from the standpoint of people are interested in seeing a fight. But the negative aspect of it was when people saw how old Anderson Silva was, it was like, why is he fighting this guy? This guy isn't even a boxer. When people saw it was only eight rounds, why is it eight rounds? That to me, let me know everything I needed to know the gig is up on Jake Paul, I think. I think at this point, the casual people who have been tuning in kind of see like, all right, it's become more of a gimmick and a show than an actual fight because again, Anderson Silva, who they try to say he had three professional boxing fights. He didn't. Tito Ortiz, who he fought in his last boxing fight, was also an MMA fighter. He didn't fight a boxer. Yeah. The only boxer he's ever fought, and it was supposed to be exhibition, was Chavez Jr. That was his first real boxing match. So, Again, you had the advantage training-wise. You had the advantage from youth. You had the advantage from the standpoint that you were the bigger fighter. And yet, it was still a competitive fight. And so most people, the, the feeling I came away with is people looked at it like, ah, it's gimmicky. It is what it is. We know his name, but it's gimmicky. So for him, I think he's doing a great job as a businessman. But no one is going to take any of these fights serious until it's an actual boxer in the ring. I know it's not all his fault. The Rockman situation fell apart. The Tommy Fury situation fell apart. But until Jake Paul gets in there with a trained boxer, I don't think anyone takes any of this serious. And he's the only one that really views himself as a boxer. The rest of us just view him as an entertainer.
1: Yeah, no, um, I I agree. Um, I do blame him for the Rockman situation um, because that was another situation where he was trying to stack the deck in his favor. Uh, For you to try to make Rockman come down 30 pounds damn near in 30 days, it's like you, you basically you were trying to put him at a disadvantage because he's not gonna be able to train if he has to lose 30 pounds. Like yeah,
0: he'll get but the, the Yeah, no, you're right. But the, the whole Rockman situation was a was a joke from the beginning because yes. the Tommy Fury negotiations broke down because of Tommy Fury.
1: But Tommy he got, he Fury got hurt, he did get hurt first, but then after he got hurt, yeah, but it was you know
0: the first time he got hurt and then they were they had already solidified the negotiations and then during the promo run tommy fury started making up excuses about not being able to be let into the country which weren't true because they were photographs of him at other events in different cities the same week that he somehow wasn't able to show up to the promo for the jake paul stuff and then they had sent him an additional contract to rework the date that he never got back to them and that's the post that's floating around where jake paul is like we have sent them the new contract he's got 48 hours to respond Tommy Fury never responded so then he he tried to make the fight with Rockman but like you said with Rockman it was it was a joke from the beginning because Rockman knew he wasn't gonna be able to cut the weight yeah and Paul knew he wasn't gonna be able to cut the weight and yet somehow they still try to negotiate and say oh we're gonna get this fight on when both sides knew it wasn't going to happen so I give him I I give him some slack for the Tommy Fury uh, for the for the Rockman stuff because we knew that he was trying to stack the deck and we he knew it wasn't gonna work yeah but at the same time he did try to fight Tommy Fury who's a legitimate boxer, who for some reason doesn't want to fight Jake Paul. And to me, I I don't know if Jake Paul knows these things behind the scenes. I don't know if these are already conversations they had and they kind of know like, hey, this guy really ain't too interested in fighting, but we're going to call his name out. Or this guy is willing to fight, but we probably don't want to fight him. Ultimately though, none of it matters anymore. He got to get in the ring with a boxer at some point. Like you've been training for four years. You've built up, you're trying to, tell, to, to, to tout out a, a record now of, what is it, 5-0, and o, he's trying to call himself, because he beat Nate Robinson, he beat Woodley twice, um, he, he beat so, Ben Askren, uh, and now he's beat Anderson Silva. So I don't want to see a record come up anymore on the bottom that says 5-0 and o, as if you fought boxers when you didn't fight boxers. Yeah. And he loves to say, oh, no boxer at this point in their career was a household name, headlining pay-per-views. Yeah, because the actual boxers were fighting boxers yeah. That's There's a stepping stone that you take To get to become an elite boxer yeah. If if that was the case Then why isn't Javante Davis Fighting UFC fighters and putting that on his resume Yeah,
1: exactly And, you know Even, e- even with that, it's like, yeah They're not going to get the notoriety Because we're generally talking about Two unknown fighters Fighting each other Nobody jumps out the gate in their first fight, and fight someone that has the the notoriety or, or let's say, or the clout of uh, Canelo or uh, Ryan Garcia or Javante Davis. No, you're generally going to be fighting. If you're an unknown, and you know, turning pro, you're generally going to fight somebody else who's unknown and doesn't have a name. You're fighting guys who already have brands that are huge from whatever respective sport that they're in whether it be Anderson Silva Tyron Woodley being legends in in MMA or Nate Robinson being a a, a four-time dunk contest champion in the NBA we know all of these guys already they it's it's, you know it, it has nothing to do with you know their boxing they already have brands outside of what they're doing so yeah you get the leg up because these guys already had their brands built already, and you're just bringing it together, and you have your own brand because you are a YouTuber and you have this following. But let's let's be clear: if you were an unknown novice fighter, you would not be doing the things that you're doing as well. You're you're capable, which is great for you because you have built up your platform to where you know you can you can sustain yourself off of it. But just, let's not act like it's something that is not. Because again, if you were an unknown boxer fighting, you would be fighting other unknown boxers, and you would not have this type of notoriety. You would not be able to make the type of money that you're making off of these fights. Because at the end of the day, these are celebrity exhibition fights.
0: That's really all it is. It's it's celebrity fights, and like you said, you you have the appeal because yes, you had Anderson Silva fans who tuned in yesterday. You had. MMA fans who tuned in yesterday. You had boxing fans, you had Jake Paul fans. So you have four different aspects of it tuning in for whatever their, their own reasons were. But again, the, the, the feeling that I got just watching it with very casual boxing fans, right? Was that the gig was kind of up because when people start complaining about stuff like why are they only fighting eight rounds? Why is he fighting this guy who's 47 years old? That's when you know like All right, the appeal has kind of come off now where people kind of see what you're doing, it's it, all right. It's, it's entertainment. It's cool, but
1: I got it's nephews who big teenage... enough name to where you can kind of get get you know over certain things. Right, right. I, I got nephews
0: who who enough to realize like Anderson Silva's an MMA guy. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's 47. You're not. It, it's not as. It's not as if you're fighting some boxer. Yeah. You're fighting a guy who was inexperienced in this field, and and you were younger and stronger and more experienced. And it still took you eight rounds to win. So I, I think the gig is up. I would not be surprised if he really pushes to either fight someone who's credible next or completely step back and say, I'm just going to handle the promotion. Because I think at this point it, it, it's done. I, I would be very interested to see how the how the numbers for yesterday, being that that was a pay-per-view, how those stacked up against the previous fights. I think when they were still a little bit more intrigued into what he was doing.
1: Yeah, we, we're going to have to look into those numbers for, for next week. Um, but, yeah, man, the and, and, and thing that, that sucks is is I hate the narrative that's being painted because you could easily say, all right, listen, you don't got to jump out the window and be like, all right, well, I'm going to fight Tank or I'm going to fight Canelo. Go get you one of these boxers that are like six, seven, and 0, oh, unnamed opponents, but they're actual professional boxers in your weight class, don't try to make somebody come down thirty pounds in thirty days. Don't nothing crazy like that. Fight an actual boxer who's you know somewhat of a novice at a novice level where where you are. Have a a real legitimate fight, and if if you if you win that, even if even if you don't win, but you still look competitive in that fight, I'd give you respect because it takes a lot to step inside of a boxing ring, and I do respect the fact that you know. Jake Paul has actually been training for like four years now, professionally in the sport of boxing. I respect, I respect that because we see a lot of these celebrities, Nate Robinson and guys like that jump in the ring and don't give themselves the proper training or the proper time to train and think just because I'm an athlete and I'm strong and I'm fast, I can jump in a boxing ring just cause I may have had a fight in my life and that's not the case. So I do respect that, but Enough is enough, man. I don't want to hear about you fighting anybody who is not a professional boxer. And I also in and, and, and if you do get a professional boxer, I don't want to hear you try to make a heavyweight lose 30 pounds in 30 days. I want you to go get a boxer who's already in your weight class and fight that person. I'm not telling you to go fight Canelo, even mm-hmm. though you've been calling him out, because Canelo will kick your ass. <laughs> Plain and simple, no debating. That's not even like a, a serious conversation. Get one of these guys, novice, you know what I mean, and get step in the ring, man, and see what you got. If not, then do like Eric said, I'm going to step back and just work on the promotions, which is probably the best thing for you because that next level of fighting an actual actual boxer, you're going to get your, your butt kicked and you're going to get embarrassed.
0: You, you can't fight no eight-round fight and then say, oh, I want to fight Canelo. Like, stop. <laughs> uh, I, I mean... Uh, there's, there's level to it again we know why he's doing it it's all for promotion if, if canelo were to give him the time of the day it's a big win for jake paul because they like now i've accomplished my goal i'm in the ring with arguably the best fighter right now of his generation but you're not ready for that and I, I love i love the the um scenario you presented go fight go listen do this go fight one of those former olympians who's just starting his career out Go fight a guy who maybe only got four or five belts uh, fights under his belt, um, who has an amateur background, who's also trying to develop his name, and then let's see how that fight goes. And if you could beat him or hang with him, then we could could talk seriously. But you can't tell me you're fighting guys who don't train to box, who only train to box when they're fighting you. Meanwhile, you've been in the gym for four years. He lives in Puerto Rico now. He's lived in Puerto Rico for several years now. That's where he does all his training. So- you you already have a huge advantage over these guys because you've been training day in, day out for something that these guys, they don't start training for it until they sign the deal.
1: Yep. Anderson
0: Silva was not training to box until he signed a deal to fight you. So it, it's it's different.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. One thousand percent. I'm just I'm just at this point. I'm just tired. I'm tired of it. Um, you know, it's been it's been a running joke for too long. We all know it's a joke. Um, I'm just it's just sad that it's not being called out more in the media. Um well, you know
0: why that is. The the network, you know, when when they're in bed with the fighter in this way, you know, it's a co promotion. Yeah. It's his brand. You saw he had his he had his uh his web series show name on his on his trunks yesterday. It's a it's a combination with Showtime. So Showtime, no, that's what it they but their bread gets buttered with him yeah. so they can't call it what it is they yeah, say hey this guy is not a real boxer they got to say well you know look at jake i love what he's doing with his jab here he's really improved in this area they, they want to hype it up again all this discussion could be ended very quickly get in the ring with a legitimate boxer who has similar experience to you you're five and oh get you a guy who's fought five or six fights who's a boxer and let's see how it goes
1: yeah, that's that's this, this, like like you said, there's a simple solution to this. Um, Eric, let's let's get ready to jump into our final thoughts. Um, go ahead. I'm going to let you go ahead and rock out first.
0: Final thoughts. We're going to keep it going, man. I said it last week. We're going to keep it going. Keep it going every week, man. Bring home Brittany Griner until they bring home Brittany Griner. That's it, man. Uh, keep tuning in. We appreciate you guys. This is like a pregame show leading up to kickoff. So we appreciate that. Tune in every Friday night for the Friday night live series. We're going to start to expand that platform as well. So you're going to start seeing more of those uh, episodes going up. Um, you know, make sure you follow Real Fans Real Talk. Make sure you send in them questions and comments, man, because without you guys, there is no us. We appreciate the time everyone takes to tune into the show. And we look forward to just seeing you guys in the future, man.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, big shout-out to everybody that was on the live today, um, everybody that dropped in comments uh, into into the, into the chat. We appreciate all of you guys. Uh, make sure you guys continue to follow us on all our social media, Twitter, Instagram, at RealFanTalk, Facebook.com forward slash RealFansRealTalk. Uh, subscribe to that YouTube channel, too, YouTube.com forward slash Productions. And uh, once again, if you're in the New York City area, you can always watch every Thursday night from 8 to 9 p.m. on uh, Verizon 43. And if not, don't worry, you can watch from anywhere in the world. Just hit up that website, www.realfansrealtalk.com. Oh, and also while you're doing that, make sure you subscribe to the Sanchez Show podcast and the Real Fans Real uh, Talk podcast streaming on all major platforms we got a whole lot of a lot of content, man, that y'all need to be getting to if you haven't already. Um, but with that being said, Eric, you want to sign us out, man?
0: Man. Again, thank you guys for my main man, Trip Young. I am Eric Sanchez. Enjoy the games today, man. We out of here. Yes, sir.
1: Peace. This is your African Kings Comedy, Michael Blackson. You, black, so you watching real friends,
0: real talk. Get real with it, my son.
1: As real as you thought. Real.